Put your favorite bad and obscure video game quote here because this is episode 201 of Insert Credit. Oh, that was low energy. The relentlessly paced smorgasbord of video <laughs> yeah, games. Start topic. over, start over, start over. You need more energy. Come on. I need more energy? <laughs> yeah, that, is, that was not a typical Jappy <laughs> entry. It seemed like you were like not pleased to be. Yeah. All yeah, right. You really need to do this over. <laughs> okay, here we was, go. I thought it was okay. Hydra's back! <laughs> this is episode 201 of Insert Credit, okay. the relentlessly paced smorgasbord of video game topics where a panel of experts must address every question in the time allotted or find their penalty in the wrath of a horrible buzzer. I'm Alex Jaffe, and if I could make the monsters from any video game into little cheese snacks, it would probably be from the Kirby series. Yeah. Huh, okay. Um, my name is Frank Zafaldi, and if I could make the monsters from any video game into little cheese snacks, I'm going to go with just uh, your classic Dragon Quest monsters. I think those Toriyama designs uh, are excellent. Slime, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the little, the little bats, whatever they're called, and the yeah. cats and stuff. Yeah, those guys. My name is Brandon Sheffield. If I were to put the monsters from a video game into some cheese snack formations, I was going to say Pokemon at first, but that, it really just feels like it's kind of, um, it's got a Lunchables vibe to me. It's yeah, too many of those guys. I'm not really feeling so. So I'm going to go with, uh, with the Doom demons. Get a little round cacodemon. That's a good mouth feel. The, the big minotaur, I'll bite its head off and stuff. That's mm. good pretty good he's not a minotaur but you know what i'm talking about that big demon guy yeah. yeah i think those are gonna be like cheese spreads with like other stuff in them you know i mean maybe if, if it's the 2016 one who's that who's that uh yeah uh well also joining us this week on the podcast is uh publisher of the newly rechristened Re chris graffin gamedeveloper.com uh chris graft is here <laughs> yeah, it's it's me, Chris Graft, and if um, I was lucky enough to have enough time to think about this while everyone's like, but for me, uh, any like monster thing from a video game, turn that into a snack. Cheese snack. Cheese snack. Cheese, snack. cheese, cheese snack. Yeah, sorry. Cheese snack. Wait, we're talking cheese snacks like like string cheese or we're talking cheese snacks? You can snacks. interpret the question however okay. you want. It has to All remain right. a cheese snack. Okay. The Clay Fighter roster. Hmm. But why? Uh, they're, you know, they are uh, in... Um, <laughs> they're yeah. like claymated. They just seem like they seem they seem already edible, and they're just okay. like one ingredient away from being a snack in the first place. I don't want to eat booger man. Yeah, I was thinking more <laughs> like those baked cheese Kids love snack it. crackers, but like this could be like a soft cheese sculpture, I guess. Fried mozzarella. You yeah, can, you can buy fried mozzarella. <laughs> I'm sorry, you mean mozzarella? Yeah, yeah. It's a mozzarella. If, if I'm from New Jersey, I mean Motadel or whatever they say over there. Gabagool. Yeah, Gabagool. So Gabagool is uh, uh, lunch meats, I believe. Hmm. All right. <laughs> or as someone on Twitter once said that uh, after watching The Sopranos, they now understand that Gabagool is Italian for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's eat our lunch, by which I mean, let's get into the meat of this episode. First, I think we need to talk about the rebranding. Everyone on the panel today has some experience with the website formerly known as Gamasutra. So oh, we got tons of it. Come on. Yeah. 
Uh, so I'd like to talk about the changeover to gamedeveloper.com and what that means for the website and possibly its direction. Well, uh, I'll, I'll just start out by saying that one thing that we're going to miss out of it being called Game Developer is that trade shows will stop probably stop misspelling it in hilarious ways which is really <laughs> unfortunate to miss that chris graft you got editor and chief game stura right exactly. gam <laughs> it was it was actually a little bit better it was gam stura oh, gam stura yeah, yeah but editor and chief gam stura is what it was it i believe it was gdc one year gdc's uh you know they sh they share a parent company with gamedeveloper.com yeah. so uh something got lost in translation yep what the twitter replies have shown us is that People in the peanut gallery are very concerned about your SEO. <laughs> so I think you really screwed up by not having an arbitrary name that is extremely old fashioned and instead having something that people might actually search for. I think you really screwed up your SEO there. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, I felt like I was being gaslit by uh, part of game developer Twitter because I'm sitting there thinking, like, for the past many years i'm thinking we own gamedeveloper.com you know it, it yeah. makes sense that'd be like so it, it, it's easy to find we'll get like new eyeballs i would think because if a random person just searches the term game developer it'll you know our site is going to come up <laughs> that, was, that was one of the things that people are saying and i'll get into other funny things that people are saying about the rebranding on twitter but yeah the the seo thing i went to our product manager on on game developer um and i was like this is better right and then he's just like laughing and he's just like yes this is better for seo once you know google does a web crawl and everything like that um all these changes uh go into place it'll take a little while but yeah it, it it's the better move like exactly like who searches for gamma sutra specifically unless you know what we are already right so. yeah and we should probably <laughs> back up for a second and for people on the podcast who may not know gamasutra.com is a website for game developers and it was the sister publication of game developer magazine in the past which was uh more more like deep dives into programming and art and specific techniques and stuff and uh the company has owned owned gamedeveloper.com for like 25 years probably <laughs> and uh just never never used it and this change was like something that i was asking for in 2007 or whatever i was like why don't we just do that because of course, yeah. Gama Sutra, it, it, it was started with like this mystical idea of, or, or this idea of general mysticism and and weird kind of Orientalist advertising. It was very <laughs> yeah. I saw Frank uh, on Earth oh, yeah. on Twitter. Yike! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when you sit next to a complete library of Game Developer Magazine. I could dig out your skeletons, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you know what else y'all own is uh, gamehistory.com. You might not know, but my charity is gamehistory.org. So if you want a little tax write-off, uh, we'd appreciate that.com. That. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, look, I'll look into it. Yeah, the whole, the whole name thing. It was on the roadmap at one point as like actually like, okay, like this company is going to do this. 
um, and is on a product roadmap internally, supposed to launch or at least start in 2012. I remember us talking about it. Okay, yeah. yeah. So like 2011, we're talking about it. It's on the roadmap to be updated in 2012. Like this stuff is just like a lot more complicated than, than people may realize. Like in like Think Services slash UBM slash Informa, like three different company names that we've gone under through mergers, acquisitions, and things like that, um, have other websites and they're all on different platforms and the plan back in 2011 was let's consolidate the platforms and that'll that'll help with web development and updating the sites this is boring but like <laughs> it, it was like the, it, there's like so much stuff that um happens and we've just been wanting for it to happen for a very long time and the fact that it has happened uh like we're like completely thrilled about it honestly yeah, it's good. And now, I mean, not that it's relevant to me anymore specifically, but it was now I don't have to get embarrassed when I go to other countries and try to say the name. I mean, it's embarrassing in uh, in this. Country. It's, it's plenty embarrassing in America. It is a universal <laughs> truth. That it's, it's, embarrassing. A lot, yeah. it's a lot more embarrassing in two countries in particular that I've been to a lot in Korea. Uh, K and the G are often kind of um, the, the, the true usage is somewhere in between a K and a G. And so sometimes I would be introduced by somebody as being from Kama Sutra. They would just hit the hard K and then this guy's from Kama Sutra. And everybody would be like, oh, yeah, cool. I like that website. <laughs> but it was still embarrassing to me. And then, of course, the uh, the other more embarrassing one is uh, when I went to India and they were interviewing me as a representative of, of Kama Sutra because that was why they decided, I mean, for whatever reason, they decided that's how I would be there, even though I was technically there to do game dev stuff. And uh you know, when I when I went and met a bunch of uh, teens who were studying game development in India oh. and, and I had to be from Gamasutra.com to some extent, uh, I really admire their restraint of, uh, <laughs> not laughing at me. There, there's like so much so many like every now and then, especially over the past like, you know, year and a half or two, people are right, were rightfully calling out. And we use this as part of the business case for changing it. Like our audience is like getting more and more vocal about being disgusted by it and embarrassed by it. And I think it was back in February, a game developer at Riot, a woman tweeted, it was it was kind of like tweeting a story out, you know, a report that we had done on the website. And then also, if I recall correctly, being something like, why are they still yeah. named this? Like, I think that the report was about like toxic, you know, sexism and, you know, stuff that's going on uh, at game studios. Um, and then we have this name that's just uh, LOL, uh, Sexy Times. We'll get more into that in a little bit. But yeah. okay. uh, I yeah. think uh, it's time to move on to something else that game developer covers a lot of. And I'd like to dive in a little more about what are the best video game post-mortem discussions that you've read or attended? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of good ones out there. So El Shaddai is coming out on PC, or it did did just come out on PC. People should buy it because it has a great look. But um, I felt like we did a post-mortem of it, but maybe we just weren't able to get one in time. Or maybe we got an art thing. I don't know. But um, we got some pretty cool ones. There's there's a an art director post-mortem of Resident Evil 4 which is like, I think the only behind the scenes from a person who worked on it report about Resident Evil 4 that's, that's not from like somebody interviewing Shinji Mikami or something. The Deadly Premonition one is, of course, very good. The Katamari Damacy one, that's pretty awesome. And we got a custom cover for that where the prince is rolling up the game developer 
magazine logo letters, which was super excellent cover there. I really liked the Final Fantasy 13 one. It really showed me and maybe other people like me who who had never worked at a large studio what it's like to work at a large studio because they were talking about like we didn't know what game we were really making for the first two years and so we were just like making environment and eventually we figured out what to do with those environments for a long time i was like what fools and then you know i started trying to make a larger game myself and i was like oh that's why they did that because sometimes you don't know what the heck's going on and all the systems aren't together yet and you got to make something uh and and i feel like that's also a good explanation for why the there's so much nicely rendered food in Final Fantasy 15 because it was like at least we know that we can make food items and they will be used in the video game like no matter what happens we know that we can use those oh I also really liked the golden axe I think it was golden axe that we did it was either golden axe or iron man we got the people that were working for whatever company made both of those to do a negative postmortem the game did poorly but also the development was so constrained and so stressful that I, I got someone who was leaving to write a postmortem of that one. Uh, that was rules. Um, I want to quickly great. recommend there is a book from 2003 from before any of us worked at either the website or magazine. Um, there was a collection of postmortems. Um, it's just called Postmortems from Game Developer. I'm looking at a books right now. You can get it for seven bucks. And it's just a book full of like 90s and early 2000s postmortems of like Deus Ex and System Shock 2 and Unreal Tournament and Black and White and Age of Empires and stuff like that. Yeah. It's a really cool book and it's pretty uh pretty cheap and plentiful because people don't really know about it. So if, if this sounds cool to you, go get it. I should get that. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, I'm gonna get it. You got extra copies? Heck. Uh no, I only have one. And it's one that I bought, I think. No, 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 no. I I took this from the office. So it's probably the one copy in the office. It's mine now. I'm going to buy one. I'm, I'll buy it. Man, we got a lot of good ones. There there were some that, that fell through the cracks that we almost had and then disappeared. Um, that happened a lot of sad times. We didn't get Sonic 2006. Well, that would have oh, been well. good to have. Yeah, it would have been good to have. We didn't get um, Final Fantasy fourteen in its bad years, which yeah. we were trying to mm -hmm. get. But I think that that didn't happen because of... Can you call that a postmortem? Oh, well, we since... The idea of a of a firm, solid, this is the end launch has sort of disappeared. For example, when I'm getting postmortems for the Game Developers Conference for the career seminar, I'll, I'll have a online beta postmortem or, or a mid-mortem or whatever, whatever we want. I mean, postmortem isn't a great name anyway, because it's not like it's dead. Hey, we're rebranding the whole thing. Why not come up with a new name for this? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely something that that we've we've thought of, like, are these are they more like retrospectives or I, I don't know. I've, I've thought about that as well. Like, I don't know if postmortem really, really fits for a lot of games anymore. Maybe you want to go in the other direction with uh, your other change and start calling it a post coitus. <laughs> yes. uh, some, someone did suggest, though, that it could be called a postpartum because it's after you've birthed it. Um, yeah, I like that kind of makes sense i feel like game developer magazine has really ha had really like ingrained the idea even among young younger game developers because they still you know read these things they're still available for free online on gdc vault uh you can find them every single issue but and this isn't a reason necessarily just to keep the postmortem title but it i think that people really they understand what that means it's one of our most requested things i want more more postmortems and stuff. So you're saying that what you're worried about is SEO. Yeah, <laughs> possibly. Uh, this is kind of a big topic. Uh, 
what are the biggest mistakes that people tend to make when they're just getting into video games? Hey, can I can I add something? I'm sorry, now I'm breaking the rules, but I just want to say Monsters from the Id, January 1994 game developer. Monsters from the Id, the making of Doom. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, it's on there and it's, yeah, it's super classic. January 94, is that the first issue? No. Okay. Because it was um, technically a, a continuation of the, whatever that game developer's zine thing that, Chris Crawford was doing, I think. Yeah, the Journal of Computer Game Design yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. That. Okay. Right. Anyway, mistakes that people make when they when start they're getting playing. into video game making or playing 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 when playing. they're getting like what are these video games about? If they, I don't know. They they impulse buy video games is probably a really easy mistake to make because uh, there's a lot of games now that are uh, probably not worth your time. But I don't know. Maybe that's a cynical answer. Someone, someone, someone saved me from this hole I've just dug myself into. I don't know about it being a mistake, but I think one of the biggest pitfalls is is knowing how to control things. And uh, so mm. I, I don't know if you could call this a mistake of the user, but going from zero to to Red Dead Redemption is is going to be like, what are all these buttons and sticks, and what what does this controller do? How, how about going from zero to uh, to Crusader Kings? Yeah. Yeah. That's rough. Is anyone going to pick up Crusader Kings as like their first game though? You never know. Like Red Dead Redemption <laughs> 2, absolutely. It's like, oh yeah, Cowboys, Westerns. I like that. <laughs> this is the big game. This is the one the man at the store said to get. Yeah. I tried to get my dad to play it. Yeah, you can't. How? I, I could barely play that thing. By, I tried to get him to play it. I mean, he was at my house and I was like, here's this cowboy game. You haven't played a game in a while. And uh, he just felt like he was uh, in the deep end without his floaties on that He switched to Lone Ranger on the NES. Yeah, that can work. Getting into video games at all. <laughs> that, that's terrible, a mistake. Terrible mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love video games. When I was giving my answer, I think I was thinking of <laughs> comics, because as we know, Jaffe, comics suck. You can't just get into comics. Right, we've established that. Please stop besmirching comics as a medium on this show. I beg you. <laughs> it's their own fault. You just pick up a Superman, and you're like, what is this? Who are these people? Not that hard. Yeah, it's true. They do bold half the words for you in confusing ways so that you can then... <laughs> They haven't really. done that since like the mid '90s, Brandon. They, they still do it, man. I see it. Oh, they still do it. They don't do thought bubbles no more, though. Yeah, they don't do thought. Bubbles. I don't know what anyone's <laughs> thinking. Did I tell you that I asked that guy? Was it Jim Lee? You did tell me that you asked Jim Lee why they bold random words in comics. Yes. Yes. And he was like, "I never thought about that. I don't know. I'm gonna have to ask somebody." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why are you doing it then? Having met Jim Lee a couple times, that sounds believable. I'm going to start bolding random words on uh, the next uh, game developer postmortem. Um, actually, wait, wait, this this happened in a game uh, that actually people might know now because there's a recent sequel. It's a game called Beneath a Steel Sky. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a very scum-like Zen LucasArts adventure games, uh, it, you know, adventure game. And the the text had random all caps words in the in the in the same way that comics had random bolted words and uh it is impossible for me to play that game that's how i tweet just random (laughs) capitalized words it had a comic book thing to it because like dave gibbons the watchman artist did like the backgrounds or something they're going for a comic book thing but it's uh just does not work because people just keep screaming random words and it's uh can't read it's, it. It's kind of like when people use quotes and headlines too much and they just read, you know, scare quotes. It's like, yeah. local man buys <laughs> a bundle of bananas <laughs> at Trader Joe's. I think the secret is that all the people who do this are just really into Jerry Lewis and uh, they hear him mm. in their head when they're writing. 
a local man buys bananas. <laughs> That's probably what it is. So anyway, the, the 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 mistake that we came to was just getting into video games at all. It sounds like, right? like that's <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of stuff. Time. There's a lot of good streaming TV shows. Just watch those. And also, Frank put in a good one uh, the other the other day. A, a mistake is buying a nice CRT. Some yes. people make that mistake. Don't do it that. Ruins video Don't games it. for yeah. you. Then I like that. What do you consider game. a nice CRT so I can avoid that? Okay, so my right so at the end of the show we do recommendations. My recommendation last episode was do not get a CRT and play video games on it because it will uh ruin you forever. You will you will forever see flaws in your HD TV for the rest of time. And I don't even necessarily mean with retro video games, even with like movies when scenes are just panning and you just yeah. you, you'll start noticing them like skipping and it's because your screen doesn't black out between frames like a CRT does, so you don't get the illusion of movement. I just, I just, I just did the whole thing again. There it is. Yeah, you did. The good news is, once you get a CRT, it never breaks, so you can just have that forever. Mm. They do break sometimes. I took mine into the shop, got it fixed up. I was gonna say, Brandon, you just have one of that busted. Wait, a shop in West Oakland? No, uh, he's he's uh, he's disappeared. His shop burned down oh. because the tax preparing place next to it burned down. Oh. Yeah, it's really, really sad. I got another question for you. Okay, good. I don't care. <laughs> you never have, Frank. You never have. Which video game characters have the most complicated morning routine? <laughs> so, uh, is, is this one of those uh, Peter Molyneux games, a game that'll make you cry, and the character has a really <laughs> complicated morning process? Um, uh, that's, that's not what I meant, uh, but <laughs> good one. Thanks. Uh, complicated morning routines. I mean, one of them's got to be Francis York Morgan in deadly premonition because (laughs) because it's like he's he's the only one who's like every morning gonna get a coffee gonna do my thing or and then there's also uh captain shenmu uh ryo he's gotta get his his banana and his apple (laughs) out of the cupboard every morning probably between scenes that you don't see as a player so i'm just going huh what's in this drawer (laughs) yeah he's just checking them out Hmm. Yeah, those those routines are inscrutable. The player character in Animal Crossing is a pretty complicated morning routine, I feel. Mm-hmm. There's probably a lot of just digging <laughs> through the garbage, going to the store, seeing what they have in stock, you know, looking at the I don't know what you do in these games anymore. Like looking at the billboard. A lot of that that labor just it, like the it just translates uh, mentally and emotionally to the player also. So it's kind of like you're sharing in the uh, the burden. Like, well, let me do some light fishing into archaeology. <laughs> Put a rock behind yourself so that you can uh, position yourself correctly to hit another rock six times so that you can get all of the money out of it. Yeah, that's really complicated. Yeah, it sounds difficult to me. Imagine having to do that before breakfast. That's terrible. Morgan, you from Prey. And I'm just thinking of this because I, I love Prey. Is that the original one? No, the uh, the arcane one. Yeah. Uh, he he like gets up in the morning and then he is in a, a simulation. He could possibly I don't even know like what cycle he would have been on. Like he's been getting up every single day. So his, his morning routine is I think it could just be the same over and over again. But he doesn't realize it. Now that I think about it. Yeah, so maybe that's an easy routine. So you found the opposite. That's yeah, important. I found the I found the opposite. Yeah, he, he was just kind of like unaware. Yeah. I think it would still be difficult, probably. Mentally. He just doesn't know it. Yeah. Um I wonder if Sonic has a difficult morning routine because he's gotta he's gotta eat enough carbs and stuff to keep his speed up. Yeah. So he's he's got energy throughout the day. Because you don't see him eating and drinking that much throughout the rest of the time. I mean, he's he'll... probably at like Michael Phelps Olympics training yeah. level of carbon take. Right. A lot of chili dough. That that gets complicated, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
the sheer logistics of it, you know, probably weighing stuff out. He's got one of those scales and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I kind of do that a little bit with protein for health reasons. And it's like cracking those numbers and getting the the right amount gets complicated, man. Yeah. Who do you think takes the longest to get dressed? Uh, Master Chief, but he only has to do it once. (laughs) Yeah. He has guys who do that for him. It's only seen one morning. So it's, yeah. yeah. That's not a routine. Who takes the longest to get dressed? Oh, um, any Nomura character mm. from World Ends with You or any of those Final Fantasies. Lulu from Final mm-hmm. Fantasy. Some just no matter how the more belts you get, the longer it's going to take you to yeah, get the buckling of them. Constant buckling. Mm-hmm. It's probably pieces of clothing that only attach to each other through zips. You're gonna yeah. have to like puzzle that together. I bet most of those buckles are for show, and you can just kind of zip into them. I think any female character from like the 90s through to the mid 2000s. Yeah. Where like it only covers a very, very small part of their body and they have to make sure that it stays on there. Yeah, a lot of tape involved. Like Ivy from uh, Soul Soul Calibur and Soul Blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like how's she uh, managing that? That's got to be a lot of preparation to get dressed. Also, the whole fabric has got to be like about the size. It probably fits in a thimble. You know, I'm just thinking of I'm thinking of Valdo, too. I mean, he's oh, Valdo's like, got to take forever. No, yeah. but I don't think he takes it off. I think he just kind of lives in it. He goes back to the buckling and the, uh, yeah. the yeah. belts. He's all belts. Yeah, I bet Valdo smells terrible. He's probably just holding himself together with that stuff. Yeah, it's like that uh, story of the woman with the green scarf. Uh, oh, yeah. And you take it off and her head falls off. Yeah, that's Valdo. Yeah, I uh, did not like that story very much when I read it as a child. Nobody does, but yeah. we keep teaching it to our kids. Yeah, I'm not familiar with it. Is, is that like a, is there some kind of uh, moral? You, you know, those uh, like scary stories to tell in the dark kind of ones where they have those um, child destroying illustrations. I have one. Yeah. So yes. this story is there's a, a like a beautiful woman who this this guy gets infatuated with. And she's like, yeah, ev- everything's cool as long as you don't take my my scarf off and just never can't ever remove my scarf. I don't uh, remember if I'm getting this 100% right, but that's the, the basic gist of it. And then uh, at one point, something or other happens. He decides to take her scarf off and then her, her head just pops right off and she's dead. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, nobody <laughs> likes that story, but we keep telling it. And uh, now we've infected all of our listeners with it. Uh, in the spirit of the game developer name change, what other embarrassingly named video game or game adjacent companies could do with a branding refresh? And what should they be called? Game Boner needs to change. Absolutely. Uh, Naughty Dog is a good one. What, what is Game Boner? Oh, I think he just made that up. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> game, game Boner.biz, they came around in like 2002. I think Naughty Dog is okay. I don't know. It's not like Gama Sutra. It's not outdated. Unless you're thinking the Naughty Dog is naughty for like sexual reasons, I think it's fine. Yeah, it's probably just knowing that in their early games, they would put nude ladies or nude ladies with dog heads in like hidden areas and and that was like part of the logo kind of a deal uh and Ah. so the legacy of that makes me think that and didn't i think at one point they had like a humping dog as a logo thing it's just it feels like it originally came from a gross place and i can't get rid of it i think you're probably right yeah I, i would assume that based on how old the company is maybe it should be wild dog yeah Rabbit dog. Wild dog. How about just like nice dog? <laughs> Kindly <laughs> dog. Yeah, that would be fun. Friendly dog. <laughs> Friendly dog, yeah. Um, could really do with a change ever since uh, 2013 is Gamers Gate. <laughs> like every oh, time yeah, boy. I see that something's for sale on Gamers Gate, I was like, what do you? Oh, it's Gamers Gate. <laughs> they, 
Ethereum made yes. their own distribution platform. Does need a change, yes. I feel bad for them. A little bit. What would, hmm. what would you change it to? Gamer Mart? Game, Gamer Mart. Yeah. Shop Smart, Shop Gmart. Yeah. Gmart. That can't be taken. No. I'm trying to think of all the gross 90s, early 2000s ones. But yeah, I, don't I know. I think many of them are still around. Like God Games is gone. Gamecock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can uh, change God Games to Good Games. Just put an extra O in there. Yeah. Gosh, there was one that I that I saw uh, recently, but I can't remember. I can't remember what it was, so it must not have been like terrible. But it was kind of like, Gah. but you know, now now that um, you know, I don't run Gamma Sutra anymore. Be extremely judgmental about any other problematic names out there. Finally, yeah, finally. You no, know, I f- feel that Nintendo as a company has lost its its way from its inception. And it, you know, I don't feel that the name Nintendo is necessarily reflective of of what the house of mario is today so i think they should consider uh, updating their brand to a different name something incorporating like wario or like uh i think he's kind of like the figurehead now they might as well change the name of the company to WarioWare. yeah yeah i like yeah. that or you know i i i don't want to look in the trademark office now but Gamecock might be ex- expired mm-hmm. so they might be able to to snatch that up you get that and go the other yeah, way yeah that would be a better name than nintendo yeah yeah I mean, what does that even mean? So something about heaven, like the mightiest above heaven or something like that? I mean, come on. That's lame. Yeah, there's something about luck in there. It must be a gambling. Oh, yeah. Luck be a lady in heaven, I think is yeah. what it translates to. Yeah. The SEO is probably terrible. Yeah, it's probably terrible. What other game companies we got on here? I'm having trouble remembering the bad ones, but I know they're... Uh, they named Sony so that it would sound young, but they're not young anymore. So they should be like grampy now. No, it should be sunny. Hey, sunny. Did, did I tell this this story? I think I mentioned it only on Twitter, but uh, you know that Young Guns series? Yeah. Chris Craft, you've, you've uh, interacted yeah. with it, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's Young Guns starring Emilio Estevez and some other people. There is Young Guns 2 starring the same people. And uh, now Emilio Estevez is directing the third one. And uh, he has removed the word young. So it is now called Guns 3 because everybody in it is old. <laughs> That's really good. I love it. <laughs> And the little poster that they have up on IMDb, it has like the word young has been shot with a bunch of it's, it's got like all these bullet holes through it. And so it just says guns three. Oh, that's it's, good. Uh, super dumb. And I'm highly approving of that. The very insert credity name. Not not old guns or middle aged guns no, or just guns. Just guns. Yeah. We're just to normal guns now. Regular okay. guns. Emilio Estevez what, does want to be like, I'm old because then he won't get more work probably. So uh, it's got to go with guns. Guns. Like the video game Gun is the sequel. Yeah, it's the third one of one of that. That almost made me think of another one. Toys for Bob isn't the greatest name. It's not gross, but uh, it's always been confusing. It doesn't really fit. I agree. What? what are they doing now? I don't know what they did post Skylanders. Yeah, they did Skylander stuff, and then they got turned into some some giant forever project, I think, is what they're working on. But I don't, I don't know what it is. I gotta, I'm looking it up on Wikipedia right now, but I actually am. Uh, let's find out because I'm very curious. I'm also on Wikipedia, just like looking uh, judgmentally through a list of game developers. Nice. Well, why don't we take a quick break to check on Wikipedia and uh, then we'll come <laughs> up with a bunch of stuff we should have said about this question. <laughs> okay. We'll be right back. 
Best thing they did was the Spyro trilogy. Uh, that makes sense. They did the Spyros and then they did Call of Duty Warzone. Did anybody else, the first time you heard about Ponzi schemes, did you think about uh, the Fonz? Of course. Because I, yeah. I sure didn't know what it was. It would be a Ponzi scheme, though. A Ponzi scheme. It's just uh, whoever says A the longest gets more money than the people below. I, I think it's maybe like selling fake leather jackets as real leather jackets. I think it's like a jukebox repair business. I think a Ponzi scheme is just to have a good time. I don't think <laughs> it's <you>. true. Uh, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Welcome back to Insert Credit. It's time for us to dive into the dirt bag. Let's get in there. Every single week, I take one question of the many submitted by our listeners. Subscribe to patreon.com slash insert credit, where for a nominal monthly fee, you can get access to the form, which allows you to submit these questions, uh, access to our regular episodes one day early. We did not prompt Chris Kraft here. Come on. I absolutely One day did. early? I absolutely him. did prompt Chris Kraft. did prompt him. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> Frank, maybe you were gone, but like during the break, there was, was an extended bit where I told Chris specifically This, this was the thing that. we were talking about. When yeah. I said the thing. <laughs> it came out of, I came out of nowhere. I want to note from the very beginning, it was Brandon's <laughs> idea to have the guests start doing this. It was my this. idea. I should tell them. Yeah. So I feel like the burden of this part shouldn't be on me. Uh, anyway, uh, you can access those episodes one day early. One day early? That's right, one day early. And uh, even exclusive monthly bonus episodes and other exclusive content. This week's question comes from Mox Bagel, who says, Is it possible to make fans of games take them less seriously as sources of identity and more seriously as creative endeavors? Oh, man, what a freaking great question. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, while I would love for the answer to be yes, it depends on the individual. Like, I think we need to change the society a little bit first and normalize therapy for people. As oh, yeah. Just everybody. Make it part of, like, preventative care. Not that we have that in America, but you know what I mean? Well, I mean, I, like, I don't know how to conquer tribalism. I think it's ingrained in us, and I think there are people like everyone in this room who have intentionally broken out of any kind of tribalism or at least have tried to, of course, to, we, yeah. it, we, we're, we're not immune. Um, and I don't know how to make other people want to live their best life. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't think that's it's possible to, to, to shift that. I think it just takes a certain kind of person. And I don't know that you can come that. I think it's, it's just kind of in you. Although I will say, as someone who has run insert credit for 20 years. I have had so many conversations with people who were like, because I read your website or listened to this podcast or whatever, I started thinking about games differently and stopped being so much into tribalism and started thinking about video games as a cultural artifact. And so it does seem to be possible. It's just like, you got to get people at the right time of their life. Yeah, yeah. it's not a natural, it's, it, that's not the, the default position. In, in the Kama Sutra, yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. You have to be trained. You have to be trained out of it. It's kind of like when I'm picking up off of like what Brandon is saying. You have to have something like this podcast where people talk about games the way that you do as culture and cultural artifact. I think that a lot of it has to do. I agree with Frank. Tribalism. There's also like the consumerism aspect of it, where um, we've as a society have become so 
all about just the consumption of media and not the creation of it. And I think that once people start to think about and understand the creation process behind video games a little bit better, then they'll understand how it's made by people. They'll have an appreciation of it as not just um, this thing that you download off of, you know, Xbox Game Pass, but it's something that people have poured their lives and their effort and their creativity into. And then I guess that, that kind of solves the, the second half of that question about respecting it as a creative, as creativity. Then, you know, it's just gaining a greater understanding of the making of them, I think, would, uh, would, would go a long way as well. So this, this is incredible salesmanship just now by Chris Graft, publisher of GameDeveloper.com, yeah. uh, saying that his product and solve all of these problems in one in one go. It's amazing. Absolutely. But good luck finding us on Google. Yeah, it's hard to search yeah. for. I've been thinking for the last like 10 years. So apologies if I've brought this up 50 times. My memory is so poor. But I've been thinking for the last 10 years or so about the, the shift that happened in society in general when we stopped identifying ourselves by what we do and started identifying ourselves by what we like. And yes. so like we, we used to be like, I'm a carpenter or I'm a weaver. And the, and those were th those were such parts of our identity that like, that's why we have the name Smith, because right. there were so many Smiths that ma were making things. Game Smith. You know, even even in the my parents generation, they they were would definitely be like, yeah, I'm a contractor or whatever. They, that's what they would say first. And we still have that to some extent. But right now, there's much less like someone's not going to come up to you and be like, yeah, I'm a tech unicorn or whatever. They might, but you you want to punch them in the face after they say that. And so you, you wind up with people trying to identify themselves in other ways. And they do it through like the games that they stream or like what kind of like they're really into anime or they, they really love horror films or they're a metalhead or whatever. And so you wind up getting different kinds of identity based on liking a genre or, or, you know, I'm getting really into photography and Instagram right now, whatever that kind of thing, it winds up encouraging a more, I don't want to say a more surface level appreciation of things, but the way that we wind up talking about things and interacting with each other, it's easier to misunderstand and and take it as something surface, even if it isn't really. If I could add something to that also, and I completely agree with everything you just said, it's also about the kind of games that are that are being made and the people that are making them now. Like I was just thinking when you're when you're saying that, I was wondering to myself, are fandoms inherently toxic? And if you're just looking at games, it's like games can be obviously as we all know, pretty darn toxic. Um mm -hmm. so it's like, well, why is that? And then you think of, well, who early on in the industry is making games? It's just one type of, you know, demographic. And that's one thing I'm hopeful for with so many different kinds of people making games. Communities can be positive. They can be large. You know, they don't have to be made by just like a bunch of white dudes. So yeah. uh, there's there's that as well. And I think that that it's it's going to uh, keep on changing for the for the better. Yeah, I, ultimately society is continually very slowly moving uh socially left and socially progressive which is why you see so many big reactionaries right now because they're scared of it mm -hmm. yeah the death we'll get there. here's a question why don't you design a new item for mario kart okay um i'm gonna design one that turns all the characters into uh characters from hudson games so like bonk is there bomberman is there yeah what does that do mechanically M makes me feel more like playing it. 
<laughs> okay, an item. Let's see. So what do we got? We got... You got your shells. Bananas? You got your bananas. Is there a separate, like, oil slick thing, or is it just bananas? It's just um, bananas, right? There's kind of an oil thing in that there's blooper yeah. that obscures your screen. Right. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. There's that. There's the uh, the little speed speed up guy, the, the little tiny mushroom that makes you go speedy. Yeah, the mushroom speeds you up. And then there's the uh, invincibility. Uh, and there's the lightning, which makes everybody tiny. The lightning. Blue and... shell. Come on. Yeah, I, I said your shell. Yeah, he uh, said they're... shells in general. Okay, yeah. so the, the problem is they got a lot covered. If it were the 90s, you would have one that reverses everyone's controls or <laughs> something where like it's now it's upside down and it's harder to do. But that's not a, that's not fun. And nobody likes. Yeah, that. they put that in Mario Maker 2 and everybody hates. It. Yeah, that's right. Uh, um, I think I think what they're missing is summons. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Say more. I think you should be able to summon elder gods who uh, open the sky up in really elaborate cutscenes. And I don't know. It's like you know, sort of. It's like Zeus. Like literally, Zeus just yeah. like opens the sky like like it's curtains. <laughs> And he yeah. like peeked in, right? Do, do those gods smite, or is that just like Christian God? They smite, I think those gods, they smite. He smites. He's got lightning bolts. What do you think he uses okay. them for? Exactly. So just You're like freaking Poseidon, like just with a giant yeah. wave. All right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We're inventing a Hades cart right now, which I would <laughs> <Yes>. play. <laughs> um, no, it has to be within the Mario universe yeah. that these gods appear. Because like that's what makes them so scary. It's like yeah. this doesn't belong here. This yeah, is like, wrong. Yeah. What's happening? Yeah, that's that's like, what like it's Deadpool missing. showing up in in whatever you know, <laughs> in, in Mario Kart. Yeah, in Mario Kart. It should be the Roman gods because um because Mario's Italian. Mario's Italian. Mm, right. Right. Yeah. There's a couple of game mechanics coming back, like portals. Um, mm, and, and and time loops also. Maybe every player who is in an odd position on the on the roster at that moment when they get the special item, I don't know what it would be. Like every odd character turns into a portal, and then the rest of the characters are dodging. To drive through them. Yeah, and and then maybe you'll end up, um, you know, in a two D, uh, random, randomly seated Mario Maker game, and then you have to complete that level, and then you, and <laughs> then once you complete that level, then you get back into your cart, and then you know try to win after that. Yeah, maybe like one of those origami guys from uh, the latest Paper Mario. Yeah, it's like the the, the big uh, pencil case. Yeah. I like where Chris is going because I feel like what most racing games could use is not being racing games. I want to play yeah. something else. <laughs> so you could suddenly play like a platform game in there. I'm, I'm yeah. much more interested in that. You get, get dropped into a match of Super Smash Bros. with the other people that fell in the portal. Mm, I don't know if that's a that, that's more of a lateral move for me. Oh, but okay, sure. okay, okay, okay. Um, we'll drop him into um, a Virtua Fighter. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Okay, there we go. Uh, I, where I thought you were going with this was you'd have a portal gun, basically. You could either shoot it onto yeah. the ground behind you and then and then shoot the other side somewhere else. So, like, whoever hit it would, would wind up flopping out a wall or something. Or you could shoot it in front of yourself and then you would just transport through straight through wherever you were going. That'd be pretty interesting, but it would be very likely to break the game completely. Right. <laughs> Um, but that's fine with me. What about like a, what about a time loop mechanic? I don't know how you would do a time game. loop I, in a racing I, I, game. Yeah. I think it would be very huh. difficult. Maybe it'd be in the story mode. Yeah, a single player only. Yeah, yeah, a single player only story mode. Yeah, that could work. What about um, an item that makes the course longer so that it's four laps instead of three? Yeah, but, mm -hmm. like it buys you time to catch up. 
Okay, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. But I don't think it should be an entire lap. I think that's too much. Here's one. It's basically a Katamari thing where you can attract nearby players and attach them to yourself. And then you can like fling them away. <laughs> um, but th- you could just like try kinda to... Like a gravity, the gravity gun. Yeah, you can yeah, just that's grab cool. everybody. Uh, but of course, that would be... It, it would have to have a time limit so that you couldn't just grief everyone forever. Ooh, and it could be the uh, Poltergust from Luigi's Mansion. Like a vacuum. There we go. Ooh, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's, it's a special item that Gooigi gets. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. Stop talking graft. Yeah. <laughs> the time for speaking is over. I'm checking the calendar, and it looks like we're overdue for another trip to Violence Island. Ooh. One of my favorite segments. Uh, this is the one where I collect matchups submitted by our listeners on forums.insertcredit.com, which are free to participate in, and determine who would win in a fight between them. Then we pitch the winners against each other, bracket style, until one champion remains. So it's up to us to determine who would win in a fight between each of these listener-submitted Sonic. combatants. Um, Sonic. Our first match does not include Sonic. We'll see. But it does include a couple of other favorites. Uh, this is Bonk versus Plock. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, remind me of what Plock does as a mechanic. I don't even know. Uh, Plock can roll around. Um, I think Plock is a little bit of universe bending, but it doesn't seem to necessarily go in Plock's favor. Plock's looking for his flag. Uh, but he, he, similar to Rayman, has disconnected hands and feet. Right, that's about all I know is what he looks like and that he jumps. Yeah, I do think that Bonk has the edge here because of the meat invincibility. I don't think Plock has any invincibility. Ooh, yeah, that's pretty good. Well, I don't know if we can assume that there's meat, but even if there's not, I feel like just the head bonking move, I don't know that Plonk, Plock has any defense against that. I'm watching a YouTube uh, video of Plock gameplay and just picked up a power-up where he's wearing uh, like gear, like a boxer wears. So he's got that uh, that helmet thingy, the padded helmet, oh, no. the gloves. Oh. Yeah, so he looks like he's. I'm not familiar with yeah. Block. I'm sorry, but it, it, like, is he or like uh, they made of fire? No. Uh, what, so. what, what are the properties here? Block uh, is kind of a collection of shapes. Uh, yeah. They can uh, launch their limbs independently or rotate them like a buzz saw. Oh yeah, the, the legs are connected. They're just the loopy around. I, I yeah. always assumed Block was kind of made of cloth. Luck always looked like cloth to me, but yeah. Oh yeah, but then they can shoot off their arms and legs and things. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's pretty good. But the fact is, Bonk can, by default, twirl in the air almost infinitely, and uh, just has like the things that Plot can do that defend against Bonk are power ups. But Bonk's power ups are stronger because there's invincibility involved. So uh, I think that ultimately Bonk wins. Um, yeah. I'm gonna vote for Plot because I think Plot is sharper. And okay. uh, I think Bonk is just kind of a prehistoric baby and probably has <laughs> a fontanelle that hasn't closed over entirely. And I think that's going to be what takes him down. Bonk has deeper pockets, though. So you have to take that into consideration. Yeah. More finances. Uh, for- can can Plock shoot their, their limbs yeah. uh, by default? Yeah. No, not by default. Okay, so, so, so Bonk does not have It's not by default, any- is it? Or is it? I think it is. I think it is. Okay, all right. The, the, the rule maker just said it is. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> my mistake. Uh, Bonk does not have a projectile attack. True. So, Plock could just keep their distance and. Yeah, I guess just... Plock wins. Uh, yeah. All right. Plock's our winner. Uh, our next match is Shadow the Hedgehog versus Wario. 
Oh, Shadow has guns. I mean, oh, Shadow's yeah, always going to win. <laughs> <guns>. easy. <laughs> yeah, Shadow has guns, and he has chaos control. He can yeah. uh, freeze time. I think uh, I think Shadow wins. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, in a, in a pretty like, violent, gruesome manner, too. Yes. Well, now, now, Wario has money. Could he fix the match ahead of time? He, uh, he, I, oh, I wow. don't think Shadow can be bribed. He yeah, has principles. That's really? the problem. What if you have his kidnapped identity i don't know what his motivations are yeah, what, what is shadow's motivation? finding himself or something right yeah but yeah what if what if he's got that on him he's like if you kill me you'll never know your secrets <laughs> that's just how he sounds i i don't know if wario uh oh that was wario. i don't know if he has the follow-through to go through like i thought you were being shadow no which is funnier to me I would love for Shadow to, to sound like, eh, I I'm going to win, Sonic. I'm going to shoot you with my gun. Yeah. Uh, I All think right. Shadow wins. Shadow wins. So I, yeah, I think the Wario argument is basically All the right. Batman yeah, argument. Yeah. If you're yeah. just like throwing money at it. So I don't think I don't like that. No. Okay, Shadow wins. Uh, our next match is Blake Stone from Blake Stone Aliens of Gold versus Jazz Jackrabbit from Jazz Jackrabbit. So let's find out who that first guy is. Uh, he's kind of an Indiana Jones ripoff in the same way that uh, Jazz Jackrabbit is his own genre ripoff. Okay, well, Jazz Jackrabbit uh, has guns. <laughs> uh, Blake Stone has guns. Buddy. Oh, okay, okay. Are they as good as Jazz Jackrabbit? Blake Stone is like first-person Wolfenstein guns with sci-fi stuff. Jazz just kind of jumps around and... Uh, yeah, but Jazz can jump around. Okay. Yeah. Well, Blake yeah. Stone cannot. Right. So we've got two melee fighters with guns. Uh, one of whom can only strafe. Um, the other one can jump and dodge bullets that way. But can't yeah. strafe, right? Because they're in a two D yeah, plane. Yeah, guys can't go into uh, can't go into the third dimension. So mm. Mm. I don't know. Mm. We probably shouldn't count. Draw. Them. Let's assume draw. they can. Let's assume they both can. Someone has to win. Well, if they both can, then uh, only one of them jumps. So that's Jazz Jack. Right? Yeah, I, I feel Jazz. like Jazz has enough of that Sonic the Hedgehog property to him. Yeah. To give him the agility bonus. I, mean, I, I know this is going to be Jazz versus Shadow. This is what's going to happen. Could okay, be. Depends try. on the next match. This next match is Takayuki Yagami from Judgment versus okay. Phoenix Wright. Oh, man. Oh, I mean, man. the thing is, Phoenix Wright doesn't beat anybody up. <laughs> he is in Marvel versus Capcom. <laughs> That's true, but he's always, he's just like thinking or dropping his briefcase. I mean, he does hit people, I guess, but I don't know. It's no contest. Sorry. I feel like Judgment. Mm -hmm. Mr. Judge Eyes has, uh, he's got the killer instinct. <laughs> Mr. Judge Eyes. He's been through the court system too. So he could also, you know, win mm -hmm. on a legal. Uh, right. well, he, I mean, he, he's been through some, some uh, legal crap. He has. And he's a former lawyer, um, Mr. Yep. Judge Eyes. And also, this this is what I really think gives him the, the edge and the killer instinct and the unpredictability is uh, he's like a 45 year old man dressing like a 20 year old from 2006. <laughs> Yeah. And I feel like that's a particular form of chaos that means like, I don't want to mess with this guy because he's the, the problems that he has are unaddressed. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's got an inner rage that Phoenix is. Yeah. Not I, I feel like yeah. Phoenix, right. He's he's you see what you get. He's himself all the time. Whereas, you know, what was his name is is Yagami. Yagami is Mr. Is, Judgment. Mr. Judgment is he's he's got some deep problems. He, he, he is off kilter, off balance in the uh, first place. Yeah, yeah. off-putting. Yeah. yeah, I'm giving it to him then. Uh, it's time for semifinals. Uh, Plock versus Shadow. Plock. Oh, uh, Shadow's Shadow. got uh, uh, more range. 
with more range. Uh, yeah, he's got like, even more range than Plock. Yeah. That's true. That's done. Okay. Master. Uh, Jazz Jackrabbit versus Yagami. Man, uh, Jazz has a gun. It's all about the guns, baby. <laughs> picks up guns from enemies that he defeats. Uh, he hits them and then he takes their guns. So. Who did he just defeat? Phoenix, Phoenix Wright. Phoenix Wright didn't a drop gun. a gun. Phoenix Wright yeah. didn't drop a gun. It's true. Maybe he dropped like a uh, lawyer's badge, but that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> Things in his inventory, like yeah. a bowl of soup or something. Right. Yeah. I have to just sidebar for a half a second. No, okay, it'll be 30 seconds. And, and talk about how my partner loves playing Phoenix Wright. And I, I like to be really annoying when she's like stuck or trying to figure something out. And, I, and I'm always like, did you, did you, have you tried using the lawyer's badge? <laughs> um, because it's so, it's so stupid. And it is like the solution to the very, very, very first puzzle in the entire series, pretty much. Yeah. You have to show someone your lawyer's badge. And, you know, it got to be obviously very annoying for me to keep doing this. But then there was one time, like, I don't know, five games in where, I was suggesting it and it turned out it actually was the right answer again. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I loved it. I loved it. The end. I, I know there's one bit somewhere in the series where Detective Gumshoe is like, why do you keep showing people that? <laughs> yeah. Because that's just like what every player does when they're out of ideas. Uh, do yeah. So Jazz Jack Rabbit wins that. And he does, in fact, go on to fight Shadow the Hedgehog in the finals. I knew it. But uh, Shadow has those chaos things that Jazz doesn't have, and then Shadow wins. That's Didn't true. Shadow win some other thing for this reason? Yeah, I think Shadow won the uh, Sonic's Best Friend competition as well. You know, we gotta, we gotta, I think we after gotta ban this, Shadow. We gotta ban Shadow. All Shadow's right, Shadow's banned. Shadow banned. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the ultra agility and the guns. I mean, and the guns, right. beat that. And the chaos and whatever chaos. Power. I won't say he's banned. I'm gonna say he's in our Hall of Champions to he's say Shadow that, uh, yeah, he, he's Shadow banned. Uh, Shadow, you know, he, is he retired could use from a violent silent. He could use a victory. You know, lighten, lighten up, man. Congratulations, Shadow. <laughs> now let's go on to. Our last question before the lightning round. Who is the Mike Richards of video games? Oh, you didn't ask my question this week. All right. Oh, right. I forgot about your question. Forget, forget <laughs> it. Right. Let's do that. It's all right. Who's Mike no, Richards? No, Frank, you had a really interesting <laughs> thing you wanted to bring up last week about that video. I, I, I said you should ask us about that video about the $2 million video game. Y yeah, we should talk about the $2 million video game, and then we'll talk about Mike Richards. Okay. It's a question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what about How about that video, huh? Yeah. Tell me about it, Frank. Take me you home. You guys know this video? I haven't watched it. Yeah, I saw it go around, but I it's like an hour long, and I just... Yeah, I'm not going to watch I'm a video. I'm going to watch it. Okay, so only I have opinions on it. That sucks. Well, you think I'm going to watch a video, Frank? Like, come on. You will be the, the first person to be like, I've never interacted with any of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so uh, I, I hate that I have to describe it alone. Jaffe, did you watch this video? No, but you oh, seemed okay. really excited about it. <laughs> yeah. Probably millions of views at this point. Let's let's go check this out. Actually, as I'm as I'm trying to think of how to phrase this, was it the one about it being a scam? Yeah, that was the title. Yeah, um, and it is uh, yeah nine hundred fifty nine thousand views, quite a bit. So premise of the video: recent million plus dollar sales of uh, sealed video games uh, are actually this elaborate uh, fraud um, and and scam, and that there's it's sort of this inside job. Uh, between the people who uh, grade the games and the people who uh, sell the games, Heritage Auctions. Yeah. Um, and sort of proof for this is that someone from the auction house is like on the board of directors for the people who grade the games. Um, and therefore something like they're, they're, 
it's in their best interest to uh, increase the value of games. And he accuses uh, people of, of shill bidding without backing that up in any way and blah, blah, blah. So essentially, it's it's like an hour long ranting video yeah. that, that claims to be exposing uh, fraud and, and corruption and, and deception, according to the, the title. What it actually does is expose what capitalism is, folks. This is not some right. Like, this is exactly what goes on in the art world. <laughs> this is not some interesting inside scoop uh, in this very specific field of video games. Like, like this video is just like AB's first introduction to why capitalism sucks, and it's been really weird seeing the reaction to it. Exact same thing is is happening in comics too. With uh, um, there's there's only and and Alex, you. I'm sure know more about this, but I have a friend who collects a lot of them, gets them graded. There's maybe like two main houses there and it's going to become one possibly at one point. And you pay like hundreds of dollars to have to send in your comic book, have them give it like a 9.6 and then they send it back. And it's kind of like uh, supposedly worth X X amount of money. 9.6 sucks. So you need that 9.8. Yeah. yeah, You know this too. I, I don't really know where, where to go from there. I mean, like, yeah. like it's you know the the reaction has been mostly from people who are already mad at the idea that people pay a lot of money for video games. Mm-hmm. There's been no actual discussion that's been interesting <laughs> around this video, and it's just really annoying. And something else that was really annoying about this video, uh, since I'm just ranting about it now because I'm the only one who watched it, it starts out with like. By the way, we're not talking about like real video game collectors. We're talking about people who buy things as investments. And the premise of this entire hour is that is that there is a sort of like purist view of who's allowed to buy video games. It feels like two freeway exits away from white nationalism and it's really creepy, but people are engaging with it anyway and uh I don't I don't like the way that people are engaging with this. And also, uh I should also do the full disclosure thing, which is that Wada Games, which is the grading house that that is accused of uh being in the the center of this fraud ring or whatever. Uh I I do contract work for them. Uh I've talked about it on the show in fact, uh, right. evaluating prototype video games. Um so I don't know that I'm not necessarily an unbiased opinion here, but I bring him up every time we get into this topic. But my dentist did tell me about his grand plan to buy every copy of a video game so he could control the market on it. So he's not a pure collector. He's right. He's, <laughs> according to this video, he's not right. allowed to do that because that was, that was your in... dentist. I was hoping he had something to do with like a toothpaste scam. Uh, no, uh, he was telling me all about Mike Trout baseball cards and how he wanted to do the same right. thing with video games. So the thing that this reminds me of is the idea of collusion that those Gamergator people were talking about, which oh, it's oh, it's straight up, yeah, yeah. like the like the that and there's uh, uh I forget the guy's name, but there's this like independent reporter who who writes these really long ranty things uh, about this that they they read like a like a Kiwi Farms thread, you know, mm-hmm. where it's just like. We now have proof that the guy Bronte on the forum, his real name is blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, I knew that already, too. But it's like, it's just this kind of ranting uh, investigation that it, it seems to come from a place of like not actually interacting with humans. You know what yeah. I mean? Like not understanding that, that there are um, communities and structures that, of just normal ass people who who do yeah. things. You know? Exactly that. It's right. like. It's like the QAnon stuff where they're like, and this links to this and that links to that. And it, if you actually look at it, it's like, yeah. 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 It's like, yeah, of course. <laughs> like with video game 
collusion where they're and this person hired this person and that person hired that person and they all knew each other already and it's like yeah we all go to the same friggin' conferences like yeah exactly this journalist hung out with someone who made games yeah once, and therefore somebody in the same it. industry knows someone in that industry wow <laughs> yeah wrapping up on that though like like yeah. like people are watching this video and they're like yeah that's why video games are expensive no this video is specifically about like the ridiculous high-end purchases yeah video games are expensive now it's not because of that it's because everything's expensive now because uh, we're in a pandemic and people with uh, wealth were bored and drove up the prices the end right back to my question who's yes. the mike richards of video games so mike richards i remembered who it was mike richards is the guy who was executive producer of jeopardy who then possibly oh, installed himself or got installed and then immediately it was discovered that he was a milkshake duck style situation and had said a lot of said and done a lot of abhorrent things and then he got out of being the host and then a week later um because of internal strife within the company he was ousted from being the producer as well i don't know if we have that person because i feel like and hit both of those things that's so yeah like we, that that guy yeah. wins whatever that game is hitting both of those things right yeah so i feel like either they get shuffled into a different company or they just get like pushed out of one particular role, but it's it's not they don't get like jettisoned from the entire organization. Usually. Yeah, here's the question and the answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good answer, good answer. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking specifically of somebody who like gave themselves a promotion and then was booed out of the room. <laughs> I'm, well, what I keep thinking about is, and we glossed over this. Uh, he was the new permanent host of Jeopardy, and he filmed one day for being fired as the host of Jeopardy. <laughs> right, yeah, that's pretty good. I have a sort of an, an in-games answer, which is, like, within the narrative of a game, which is Metal that's Wolf fine. Chaos. The vice president, like, takes over and claims America, and then the president has to come back and oust him. That's a good answer. It sort of works. Yeah. It sort of works. I'll accept that. that. It can be fictive. Yeah, I mean, it should have happened in real life, but we know that all those Ubisoft bros are going to be fine. But, you know, this yeah. Mike Richards is probably also going to be fine. He's just going to go. I don't know. It's so hard to do a, like a video game business analog here because there's never like, yeah, you know, there's not an announcement that David Cage is directing the next Super Mario Brothers or whatever. You know, like right. that's not how games work. There might be. Maybe. Like if, if Kojima were going to direct something, we would know about it. And then if it was like Kojima ate babies, then they'd be like, oh, maybe he shouldn't direct. Yeah. It sounds like something Bowser would have done, though. Right? <laughs> yeah. Doug Bowser? <laughs> I mean, Eat I babies? guess that did happen. I don't know. It just sounds like a situation that the character Bowser, possibly yeah. Doug Bowser as well you know what would have gotten himself into bowser's our answer that or the vice president for metal wolf chaos which means yeah, i think it's I think it's brother it's time to go on to our lightning round this week Woo! we're playing one of our old standbys name design this is where i give you the name of a thing and you have to design a game about it just based on the title alone uh this week all of the titles come from real japanese adult video titles as shared by the excellent but not safe for work twitter account jav.txt excellent were you waiting for a reaction or uh yeah i was waiting for you to be like yeah i'm ready oh that yeah. account yeah all right cool <laughs> uh, all right i know it it's funny right. oh wait wait i want to add an additional rule which is that these games cannot be about sex stuff right. absolutely which yeah. makes it more more fun 100 i i figured that was implied but thank you for including that in the official rule set here we go 
Number one, she's ready for an adrenaline-fueled explosion. <laughs> That's Miss Explosion Man. Oh, Miss Explosion Man. I, w- I was thinking it could be um, Tomb Raider side game, like a side story thing where she's racing cars and stuff. Um, and, and so I had like Tomb Raider cart something. Tomb Raider Kart Racer. That's hard to say. Remember the game on PlayStation, which I don't think got enough like respect. Blast Chamber. Suzuki Bakuhatsu. Oh, Blast Chamber. Yeah. yeah, Blast Chamber. So it's like that. Everybody, you know, like she has, uh, and she's going up against, uh, you know, competitors, and she, they all have, uh, you know, the bomb strapped to them, and they have to, you know, do different objectives yeah. while the whole room rotates. Like uh, Suzuki Bakuhatsu, that game where you have to defuse bombs is pretty much directly. She's this. ready for an adrenaline field explosion. She Good. is. Gay oh, no. Anguish in the Old Capital. <laughs> Gay Anguish is the name of the uh, the protagonist. Um, okay. It's it's not the thing that happens. And Gay Anguish is uh, he. You know, it, it's 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 national treasure basically. It's like a national treasure Ooh, uh, adventure yeah. game starring Gay Anguish, and I'm you have to it. steal things from the capital. I'd play it. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> You're too late, Mister Anguish. Reverse Soap Heaven. Okay. So Ooh. this is about. There was that game De Blob where you were supposed mm-hmm. to either well, it's basically Splatoon, right? Like you're just getting junk all over the place, so um, you're making everything filthy. It, it's a time loop game, uh, and it revolves around soap. It's kind of like the movie Memento. Been and... into uh, time loops lately, Chris Craft? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about those a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's it. Uh, that, that's as deep as I can go with it. What I thought of was uh, a uh, Famicom game called Soap Panic, um, or if you prefer, Bubble Bath Babes, uh, which is a match three with soap bubbles. Um, yeah. So, so something like that. Something like that. Uh, our next game is Target Crime. Oh, this yeah. is a good. I'll play this Yakuza game right now. I played. Uh, oh, this is this is a Eugene Jarvis light gun shooter for the there arcade. We go. That's uh, right. Yeah, this is a uh, Time Crisis arcade clone uh, where you can duck behind things. Target crash. I should should specify, I was thinking of Target Terror, which was Eugene Jarvis' reactionary game after 9-11, where you shot terrorists in a plane, uh, among other things. Lovely ball kicking. (laughs) (laughs) That is a super That uses the fitness ring. That uses the Wii fitness ring. (laughs) Yeah, 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 I like that better. (laughs) <laughs> like that better. Mine was a Super Famicom uh, JRPG with an all-female soccer team. Oh, that's good too. I like that. Uh, but I want to control it with the with that exercise ring also. Yeah, that's okay, a good. So it's, it's a homebrew and it, and it comes with an adapter. Yeah. Or the the ring fit. Fitness thing. ring. Okay. Yeah. All right. Diary of fishing with my stupid uncle. <laughs> It's a time loop game involving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh... I think. Yeah. Actually, that that would be interesting. Where your uncle has dementia and can't remember what's going on, but you're trying to like, oh man, make them it, still have a nice you just day. Oh, we're a we're really getting into Peter Molyneux territory. <laughs> yeah, your uncle yeah. is having the same day over and over, but you aren't, and you see how it changes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Unequal night school. It's too bad it's with an N and not a K because uh, I, I would love to have like. I'm going with K. It's a school where yeah. you've got really buff knights and really weak knights, and and they have to uh, they have to fight, and it's it's like this completely off balanced tactics game. It is an asymmetric five player multiplayer game where the knights are literally unevenly sized. Yeah. Uh, there's one really big knight running around. And kind of like the Friday the 13th game, like one really big mm. knight. Um, and then there's a bunch of smaller knights that have to work together to uh, defeat the big knight. 
it's all like basically ripoffs of the American Gladiators kind of obstacles and things that you have to do, like hitting each other with the big yeah. dick yeah. Or, or pushing the, the spheres or whatever. And their names are Laser, Laser, yeah, Glazer, yeah. <laughs> Laser. other dodgeball references. Laser. The biggest recession in 100 years. Be nice to all homeless. Ah, okay. It's like Animal Crossing meets, or like um, Stardew Valley meets Tulip, where no, nobody's doing that great, but everyone's trying to help each other out, and you sort of uh, build a community together and make something sustainable. That'd be a pretty nice game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's like a simulation like uh, game, C- civilization, but on uh, a smaller scale, scale within a, a city, but you are trying to build a city that can um, accommodate and house and provide for everybody. Heroin ass domination, the rescue squad bird angel. <laughs> That's too many words. <laughs> Can't keep track of all that. <laughs> yeah. It's in the chat. Heroin ass domination, the rescue squad, bird angel. Okay, I think that you know you can't get away from the word ass. So there's definitely going to be butts in here. So it's it's not it's not going to be a sexy times game. Yeah, but... you can get away because ass means donkey. That's true. Okay, or so it could be is... a modifier like a big ass car. So rescue squad heroin ass domination. Uh, heroin ass domination. The re- rescue squad bird angel. I want. I. I. I'm stuck there because I think that's that's the protagonist, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is, is a squad of uh, bird angels. Well, um, it's kind of like Angry Birds, but you've got um, donkeys instead of pigs. Oh, see, I was oh, thinking okay. like anime ladies that are kind of bird-like. Well, Jaffe, you read them comics like the Shi'ar from the Marvel. Um, I don't read Marvel. Bird ladies who are like Valkyries and they ride donkeys. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not too, the, the Valkyrie bird squad thing is, is not too far off from the uh, wing, what's it, in Earth Defense Force. And there could just be giant donkeys that you have to defeat. It's just I like, like that. I think they ride donkeys. I think, I think the donkeys, you know, propel forward like a car and you can hit a button to like just instantly launch, like rocket up off of your donkey. To, to like get airborne, can the donkeys be winged? Yeah, why um, not? No, because the bird angels are winged. Like you can, well, you can, right. you can do, you can like, or you can Mario. Oh, Frank, cape. It's okay. They don't need to be. They don't you need can, to be. You winged can donkeys. Mario cape with Yoshi it, right? You can, mm-hmm. you can fly while uh, gripping your donkey as hard as you can with your legs. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, using the, the ring fit uh, adventure controller. Yeah, that's in your the leg. ass domination. You have to oh, dominate yeah. that donkey in order to uh, <laughs> pick it up into the air. Yeah. What you described sounded like ass domination, like you're yeah, yeah. grasping it as hard as you can. You're, mm-hmm. yeah. Our final game is Karen Mania. <laughs> oh. It's like a VR game, and it's kind of like you are, you know, job simulator, the game, except yeah. like you will have various Karens come in, and then you have to deal with them accordingly based on, you, you know, maybe do you, do you deal with it yourself? somebody intervene uh, it's almost like a training thing that you you should uh, put people through uh, who are working retail these days you have to convince them to put on their yeah. masks <laughs> you, you you can only call your manager like three times yeah, yeah. you can only actually call your manager yeah. yeah before you get fired you have to bluff. Um, you can you can sort of gauge which one is which type of karen is approaching you by what sort what types of highlights they have in their hair mm. right <laughs> Good. They often just say the term Apple Care, even if it doesn't apply. Well, that's all of the games this week. Uh, Chris, I think you're our winner for this episode. Congratulations. Uh, no, nice. I'm honored. Thank you. That means that you have to give me a question sometime between this week and next week that I can ask our next group of panelists. All right, you got so it. So your reward is homework. 
Uh, yes. Now is the part of the show where everybody gets to plug what they're working on if they feel the need to do that and recommend uh, any sort of media or activity, any kind of call to action for our listeners that they can do within the next week. I recommend that you do not go to gamedeveloper.com. Ooh. Oh, man. I have to, I'm going to have to carbon balance that. To keep their, <laughs> to keep their SEO down. No, I, uh, I recommend that you check out the new, the new website. I also have some specific recommendations. Uh, if you want some black metal-y, punkish, they, they call it blackened punk, but I think it's a little more black metal. I guess it's like simple black metal. Anyway, there's a band called Melissa. They have a self-titled album that just came out somewhat recently uh, on Bandcamp. It's pretty good if you like that sort of thing. Um, if you are in Oakland, California, I'm going to recommend that you go to Hasher's Pizza, which is, I mentioned it, I think, in the, um, it's in the episode 200. I think we cut out most of the mention of it in the public mm -hmm. one because it was too long. So it may not be in there. It might be in a bonus credit, whatever. Anyway, it's a it's a pizza place that was started by a friend of the show, Zach McCune. Delicious McCune. That's what some people call him. And uh, it's pretty good pizza. And it's interesting. To, and it's something that you can have an opinion about. So if you uh, if you go there, bring cash, tell Zach McCune you came there from insert credit and maybe he'll set you up with the works. So it'll get extra, extra taste. <laughs> yeah, we you. should set up an insert credit special, just like the absolute most controversial toppings on your pizza. We actually probably are going to do that um, because back when we would all meet up around here, we had, we a, had pizza a pizza called the insert credit. Called the insert credit. And uh, Zach McCune is going to replicate it over there, Ooh. he says. So uh, it'll be um, garlic, extra cheese of a certain kind. And uh, it's a smoky uh, cheese. Olives, yeah, some smorky cheese, olives, and um, vegan sausage. I call it. Sounds really good. good. Yeah. So wow, I'd eat that. Yeah. That's uh, the insert credit. It, yeah, that's the insert credit. Yeah. So go there and ask for the insert credit. And then my last recommendation is yeah. my favorite uh, wine at Trader Joe's. Is it's maybe my favorite one. Period. Uh, I know we don't really recommend this kind of stuff on the show usually, but um, uh, Dakino has this um, Chianti, and it's one of those. Ones that looks like it would be in an Italian restaurant. It's got it's got like the the baskety stuff on the bottom yeah. of it. It's my favorite, uh, and it goes real well with Zach McCune's Hesher's Pizza. <laughs> Think about that. Okay, those are my recommendations. The end. I'm up next, so yeah, go to GameDeveloper.com. We're still uh, working on some things and sorting things out, but I'm really uh, proud of the the team that we have there. Uh, Alyssa McAloon is editor in chief, and uh, we're really pushing hard to get. You know, like I think this is is a chance for us to uh, take inspiration from, you know, the mission of Game Developer Magazine, which, you know, of course, holds a place in all of our hearts. And, you know, we really want to keep on working hard and bringing interesting editorial um, all about making video games. So go there. Um, recommendations. I mentioned earlier, but like um, when that question came up about games and fandom and uh, and things like that, if you can, like try to make some time to do something that you're making something new. Uh, one of the things I did over the pandemic is I bought a uh, a launch key uh, MIDI keyboard, and that just like has has been an outlet. Make some music, go outside, learn maybe like you know like why you know where do video games get their inspiration from? That kind of thing. I also just finished Dishonored for the first time, and it's, and it's uh, really good. It's 2012 Arcane. They're just one of those studios that doesn't miss. Uh, so uh, I, I just kind of missed it on the first time around, uh, and it's really good. Nice. I, just a quick one. Uh, Echonauts 2 is pure joy. It's just very happy and fun. Oh, that's great and, to hear. Uh, I'm having a blast with it. 
Um, and if you got a decent PC, uh, man, it's running 120 frames a second in 4K. I think that thing Ooh. is uh, is is very very optimized. It's uh, it's I'm not going to call it beautiful because I mean character design in that game is you know it's psychonauts. Uh, it's been like 15 years or whatever, and I don't know that it's, it looks. How it it, 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 I don't know that it's necessarily appealing, but man, good texture work, stuff like that. Uh, good looking game. Would I like this game, Frank? I didn't play the original because I didn't like the character design, and that and I'm looking at the you know the new one, and that's what makes me not want to play it this time also it leans to character design further i feel like uh i disagree with that i think the character design of normal people in the first game was a, was a little stranger like the people had like trapezoidal heads and weird things coming out that they called hair this is a little more grounded i think it's a really good platform game uh okay. with it's a really good platform game with tim schaefer writing all over it and if that sounds Ooh. appealing i think you would like it yeah yeah i haven't play i haven't it. played a good 3D platform. His so acting's really good. Like Richard Horowitz is 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 Raz, the main character. He's you know Invader Zim. He's he's kind of, kind of got a fun scratchy voice that I enjoy. Always a delight. Uh, I would like to recommend something at this point. Uh, I heard some Superman slander early in the show, so Superman I'm going to recommend it. Superman comic. I think everybody should read uh, Superman Smashes the Clan by Jean Luen Yang and the Japanese art team Gurihiru which is an adaptation of the 40s radio serial where uh, Superman exposed the uh, Ku Klux Klan in Metropolis's own backyard. The problem is it sounds like a joke. It's not, though. Uh, it was really a historically important thing at the time, which helped bring like wider recognition to this like racist organization that was kind of under everybody's nose, but people kind of ignored. And it, it did a lot to help kind of turn them into a joke that people don't really uh kind of devastated their their numbers uh in that like the whole world got to see how ridiculous they are uh and it's a really important story about uh the immigration experience and how superman's whole identity ties into that and it adds a lot of uh very interesting layers onto that radio serial while still remaining faithful to the text and uh, there's some pretty amazing art by the team that did those great Avatar The Last Airbender comics. So I would highly recommend Superman Smashes the Clan. Good. Great. All right. Here's some other recommendations for you. Uh, I would like to recommend that if you're listening to this show on any platform where you can subscribe to or review podcasts, that you engage with us in that way to keep the algorithms pushing us upwards and forwards. You could also go to patreon.com slash insert credit where you could become a patron to submit your own topics, get our regular episodes one day early. Your turn, Chris, you have to say one day early. One day early? One day early. <laughs> this might be too complicated. <laughs> this was a great idea, Brandon, uh, prompting the guests to do this part i don't think it's gonna work it's really gone well every time we've done it yeah i think maybe i'll just stop <laughs> <laughs> and even access monthly bonus episodes and other exclusive content you could also join us on forums.insertcredit.com and follow us on twitter for our own personal updates and project the show is at insert credit i'm at alex jaffe brandon is at necrosofty frank is at frank Zafaldi, and chris is at chris craft brandon why aren't you at brandon Sheffield? I don't remember whether Brandon Sheffield was taken. It might have been. But I think one of the main things was I was like, Twitter is stupid. Uh, I'm only on here because you all are making me. This was my, my mentality that going in. That doesn't sound like you. I know. 
I, I was like, the only thing I'm going to use this for is because people say that it's it's necessary for promotion of your game company. And I was starting my game company. So I, and Necrosoft was not available. It still isn't, unfortunately. It's very difficult for me to get because uh, some guy in Russia who's been tweeting out like scam links has it um, and I can't get it from it. Anyway, um, so I, I went something one letter off of Necrosoft and then that's what it wound up being. All right. Secret origin stories right at the end here. Uh, this show is edited by Esper Quinn with music by Kurt Feldman. Once more, and I really hope you remember this part. I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Zabaldi. I'm Brandon Sheffield. I'm Chris Timeloop Graft. <laughs> and you have now completed the episode. Congratulations. We did it. Wahoo yippee. We episoded. Yay. That was fun. Yeah. yeah was Thanks for coming, Chris. This is a good this is a good one. It took me a little while to to get my brain rolling. Hopefully it is good to listen to. I'll be good. <laughs> I think it will be. Gotta roll that brain. The old brain roll. I think it'll be a rollicking good time. <laughs>